A disappointing loss for the Birds yesterday, 17-11 to the San Francisco 49ers. Really boiled down to missed opportunities, a bad game plan by Nick Sirianni, some bad play calling, and third down efficiency on both sides of the ball. We'll talk about it all. Tell them, Merrill. This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarula. All right, guys, a really disappointing loss yesterday. I was down there at the link. The place was rocking. The first time they had a full house in over 600 days because of COVID. The fans were ready. Their place was erupting. The introductions were great. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Zach Ertz had huge, huge ovations from the crowd. And I got to tell you, we talk about how happy we are that Philadelphia fans travel. 49ers were well represented. There was a lot of red in the crowd. It was a nice mix of crowds, but the place was rocking and they were ready to erupt for a big Eagles win. Unfortunately, it did not happen. You know, I really think this boiled down to obviously the missed opportunities. You know, we know that the Eagles could have put up points in certain situations and they didn't. But when you look at it a little more analytical, I was not happy with Nick Sirianni's game plan. I was not happy with Nick Sirianni's play calling during that game. I'm still a big fan of Nick. Look, he's a rookie head coach. This is the second game he's ever calling plays in his NFL career. You expect these sort of growing pains. But I want to look at it and see in areas that he can improve. You know, ultimately, the game plan going in, I don't understand. The San Francisco 49er defense, their strength is their front seven. They have a phenomenal defensive line. They have extremely fast, athletic, and aggressive linebackers. And they have a completely banged up secondary. Their front seven are their best players. Their secondary was in shambles. If you look at the game last week against the Detroit Lions, who really have no wide receivers, don't have the athletic ability that our team has on offense, Jared Goff was able to put up over 300 yards. But yet we go into this game and just too many run plays. It's really weird hearing an Eagles team run the ball too much, but that's what happened. But if you look at the statistics, the end of the game stat line, 24 passes, 29 rushes. Now, some of those, I'm sure, were play called for a, play, for a pass play. Jalen Hurts scrambles, so that number gets skewed a little bit. But even still, 24 passes versus 29 runs against a team with a banged-up secondary just doesn't make sense to me. And you look at his decision-making. We talked last week about being appropriately aggressive and going forward on fourth down when it makes sense. I really did not like that fourth and one call from the goal line. We're going to call it the Philly ordinary, not the Philly special, the Philly ordinary. Just not a great call right there. You know, you have that big play to Quez Watkins, 91 yards. You get it down into the red zone. Then there's a pass interference call in the end zone, so the ball gets put at the one-yard line. You have first and one from the one. And the play calling, I just didn't like. First play, they run a rollout with Jalen Hurts. Okay, maybe you try to catch the defense off guard there. They're expecting you to go up the middle, so you roll it out. It play doesn't work. Next play, they hand it off to Miles Sanders up the middle. He gets stuffed. It doesn't work. But then the third down and the fourth down calls, I just didn't understand. Third down play, they run an RPO, which is a run-pass option, but they take away the pass option. There were no wide receivers in the route. 
So you watch Jalen Hurts, he rides his running back, but then he follows the running back. It was a designed run for him with no pass option. I did not like that. Jalen Hurts has the athletic ability. Give him the option. Make the defense choose. Are they going to come up to try to stop Jalen on the run, or are they going to guard the receivers? By not putting any receivers in the route, it made it very easy for the 49ers to defend against that play. And then that brings us to the fourth and one, the Philly Ordinary, where they run a Philly special look with Greg Ward throwing the ball. I hated that play call. Hated it. And here's why I hated it. If you go back a little bit earlier in the game, the score was three to nothing. Jake Elliott attempts a field goal and it gets blocked. So the game stayed at three nothing. You've already missed the opportunity of going up six nothing. You took points off the board with that block field goal. So when you're down in the red zone here and it's fourth and one, you have to put points up on the board. Maybe a field goal would have been the best choice. I'm not second guessing the aggressiveness. But if you're going to go for it on fourth and one, after you've already had a blocked field goal, you have to call a play that you know is going to work, that you know is your best play in that situation. And the reason why that Philly ordinary was not the right call is because that play only works if the 49ers defense is in man coverage. It is not going to work against his own defense. Well, what happened? They call that play. Hertz comes up to the line. 49ers defense played it exceptionally well. They have a great defensive coordinator. You may have remembered him, D'Amico Ryans. He was here for a short time as a linebacker. He was the leader of that defense. He is a rising star in the coaching realm. He's going to be a head coach sooner rather than later, I guarantee it. But what he does is he shows a man coverage look. So both Sirianni and Hertz can't tell that they're actually in zone. They made it look like they were in man. But that Philly Ordinary is not going to work against the zone coverage. So the moment that ball was snapped, it had zero chance. If you saw it, Greg Ward had nowhere to go with the ball. Now, in hindsight, Ward should not have thrown that ball away. It's fourth down. Try to run it. Try to get to the end zone. See what you can do. He throws it out of the end zone. Turnover on downs. I don't like that play call because it only works against the man coverage. you got to call a play in that situation that's going to work regardless of the coverage they're in. You have to put up points. So now you had the opportunity to go up 10 nothing there. Four plays from the one-yard line. Not one quarterback sneak is called. You have Jalen Hurts. Now I get it. The defensive line for the 49ers is their strength. But you have Jason Kelsey at center. You had Landon Dickerson in the game at that point at right guard. You have Sayomala at left guard. And you got Jalen Hurts at least attempt a quarterback sneak. I mean, you saw it with the 49ers when they were down there. They tried it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jalen Hurts is a lot more athletic, a lot bigger, a lot more powerful. I mean, if you know anything about Jalen Hurts, the guy's a former power lifter. He is strong. He's going to get you a yard. And you know what? If you can't get a yard with a quarterback sneak, then you don't deserve to win the game. But at least give him a chance. I did not like that call by Sirianni. But again, he's a rookie head coach. I'm not ready to say, hey, this guy's a horrible coach. These are things that he's going to have to grow from. These are the reasons why I've said, although I think the Eagles are going to be a lot better than people give him credit for, I don't have visions of grandeur that they're going to the Super Bowl this year. I think they're going to be a good team. I think we'll see a lot of improvement throughout the year. But there's going to be growing pains with a rookie head coach and really 
a first-year starter at quarterback in Jalen Hurts. You know, he's only played, I think this was his sixth start. He's only been the quarterback you know, this year for two games. He had an up-and-down game as well. You know, I, I love the fight in him. I love his ability to run. He made some nice throws. The, the pass to Quez Watkins on the 91-yard play was a beautiful pass. The touchdown pass that actually got overturned to Jalen Rager was a beautiful pass. But Jalen underthrew some receivers. You know, you'd like to see him be able to throw the ball a little bit more downfield. But I felt like Nick didn't do him any favors yesterday. You know, every play call, it appeared, was either a short pass or a shot over the top. They had no intermediate routes. They really didn't call a lot of intermediate pass plays. There was really no you know, crossing routes. Taking advantage of your wide receivers and their speed, not on go routes, have them run in some crossing routes. You know, maybe having them run somewhere, there's some natural picks happening so Jalen can hit these receivers in stride and they can get some of that yak we like to talk about, that yards after catch. I just did not like Nick's game plan. I think Jalen Hurts could have improved. I think he will. But ultimately, not a great game plan, not great game, you know, in-game in management play calling. But if you t- go a little bit more and you look at it a little more analytical here, Where the Eagles lost this game was on third down. Third down efficiency on both sides of the ball. If you look at the final stat line, it looks pretty even. The Eagles were 5 of 12 on third down for 42%, and the 49ers were 6 of 14 for 43%. Looks even. Well, not when you really look at those numbers, because the Eagles started out 4 of 7, And the 49ers started out 0 for 4. So what that means is down the stretch, the Eagles only converted 20% of their third down plays. And the 49ers converted 60% of their third down plays. You can't win the game like that. As good as the defense played, they only gave up 17 points. They did give us a chance to win that game. You have to be able to get off the field in key situations, especially in the end of the game, especially in the second half. And that's where the 49ers were converting over 60% of the time on third down. And I really want to look at the fourth quarter. There were two drives in particular where the defense didn't do us any favors. Score was 7-3 to in the fourth quarter, still a one-score game. On one drive alone, The Eagles gave up a first down on third and seven, third and one, and then third and goal, Anthony Harris with a completely unnecessary pass interference call, which gives the Niners the ball first and one from the one. And unfortunately, they were able to convert where the Eagles weren't, which we just talked about. But you can't let a 49ers team who let's be honest here, is a better team than the Eagles. This team was in the Super Bowl two years ago. They're a good team. They have a good quarterback. They have a great coach. They're a better team. You have to take advantage of your opportunities to get off the field when you can. They gave up three third-down conversions on that drive alone, allow the Niners to score, and now the score becomes 14-3 to as opposed to staying at 7-3 or forcing them to kick a field goal and making it 10-3. Staying in the fourth quarter, you look at the Niners' next drive. Scores 14-3. to We need to get the ball back. What happens? A stupid personal foul by Derek Barnett. And that's not a bad call by the referee. That is a personal foul. It is a stupid, unnecessary play. 
And you know what? That's not the first time we've seen Derek Barnett make stupid personal foul calls. Again, we talked about being appropriately aggressive with Nick Sirianni. As a player, you also have to know when to be appropriately aggressive. There is no need for hitting somebody after the play and taking a 15-yard penalty. And on that play, the Eagles had just made a great stop. The 49ers running back fumbled the ball backwards out of bounds. It was about to be a third and long. You make a stupid personal foul call. What happens? It's first and 10. Next play in that drive, Kavon Wallace makes a big hit, causes a fumble. The Eagles recover. Unfortunately, they throw the flag again. You know, not sure I love that call by the referee, but that's what the NFL is teaching. That's exactly the type of penalty that they want on a play like that. They don't want these tacklers lowering their head. They don't want them leading with the head. So you have another personal foul. What happens? Niners kick a field goal, go up 17-3. to At that point, not a lot of time left on the clock. It's going to be hard to come back. Flip side, looking at the Eagles' you know, third down conversions. Jalen Hurst throws a beautiful pass to Jalen Rager on second down. Unfortunately, he steps out of bounds before he catches the ball. That's an illegal touching. You can't be the first one to touch it when you come back in. So now it comes back, and it's third and one. It's third and short. They can't convert. They can't convert the first down. Then what happens? They bring in Jake Elliott to kick the field goal, and that's when it gets blocked. So you look at those third down plays, that's really going to tell the difference. And that's really something that shocked me with the Eagles and their running back room is they still have Jordan Howard on the practice squad. But if this third and short continues to be a problem for them converting, you may see them activate Jordan Howard because they don't have that big bruising running back that can go up the middle and get you a yard or two every single time, no matter what. You know, they have Miles Sanders, they have Kenny Gainwell, who looked pretty good again yesterday, but they're not big bruising backs. And then their third back is Boston Scott, which may be the smallest running back of the bunch. So you may see if these third and shorts continue to be a problem, them activate Jordan Howard off that practice squad. But ultimately, third down efficiency is going to be a real indicator of whether or not you're going to win that game, both offensively and defensively. And then we talked about last week, one of the things that was great for the Eagles last week was their red zone efficiency. Eagles were two for two. Atlanta was 0 for three. Eagles dominate that game. Well, this game, a little bit different of a story. The 49ers go two for two and the Eagles go 0 for one. And football is such a game of momentum. Now, once the Eagles, who really came out strong yesterday, I mean, they really dominated that first half. Once they gave up those opportunities, when they had the chance to go up 6-0 on Elliott's field goal, it gets blocked. Then you have the opportunity to go up 10-0 from the one-yard line, and the 49ers stop you four times in a row, and that's why they're 0-1 in the red zone. That's going to change the momentum. That is going to change the momentum, and in fact, it did. I mean, you look at what happened after that. The 49ers stop the Eagles, and then they march right down the field and score a touchdown to go into the half 7-3. to three. We also talked about that last week. What do good teams do before the end of halves? They put up points. The Eagles were able to do it against Atlanta. They go on to win the game and dominate that second half. This week, the 49ers were able to do it. Go right down the field, go in the halftime, 7-3, even though they were completely outplayed in that first half, and the Eagles were never able to recover. Now, it wasn't all negative, though. You know, look, 
Just like we don't want to get too high after a big win, you can't get too low after a disappointing loss. Did they have an opportunity to win this game? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's one out of 17. So let's look at some positives from this game. I thought Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins, you saw what everyone is so excited about with this wide receiver core. Quez Watkins on that 91-yard play, a beautiful route, a beautiful catch, a beautiful run. You see why we're excited. He's got speed. He's a playmaker. And then Jalen Rager. You don't want to see him step out of bounds there, but that's a great route, a great catch. You saw how he changed his, you know, his speed to catch up to the ball to make that catch. All great things to see. You know, whether or not that was pass interference down there, he didn't go out of bounds himself. So that corner really played it nicely, pushing him out of bounds. You know, maybe what you'd like to see there from Rager is fighting a little bit more to show the referee, hey, I'm getting pushed out of bounds here. This is pass interference. This is illegal contact. But ultimately, Rager and Quez Watkins looked pretty good. You know, Devontae Smith, I'm surprised we didn't see more out of him. Uh, I do think he drew a couple pass interference calls against him, but I would have thought we would have seen a little bit more. But I'm blaming that more on Nick Sirianni's play calling. You know, I think that he could have dialed up some more intermediate routes for a guy like Devontae Smith to get him into the game, especially against this banged up secondary. But another guy we've been talking about, and he showed it yesterday, was Javon Hargrave at defensive tackle. Starts off the game, sets the tempo with that huge hit, huge tackle for loss on the running play. That was beautiful. He had another one on the next drive, and he really was causing a lot of problems for that interior. And really, the whole defense is a positive. Yes, you want to get off the field on third downs, but in the NFL, if you only give up 17 points, you should win the game. That is not a lot of points in the NFL. So ultimately, the defense looked pretty good. I want to see some turnovers, though. You know, zero turnovers to start the season in these two games. That was a point of emphasis all preseason from the D coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, is they want to create turnovers. We haven't had one in two games. So you'd like to see some turnovers. And our boy Jalen Hurts, another positive. Did he underthrow some receivers? Yes. Does he need to get better with those long balls on some situations? Absolutely. But what I loved about him was the fight in him never stopped. They're down 17-3. to They get the ball back with about five minutes left, and Jalen Hurts does everything he can to get them down the field to score that touchdown. He never stopped fighting. He never stopped pushing his players, and that's why he's a leader. That's why he's a winner. You saw it again. And really, he just passes the eye test to me. You, know, you could watch an NFL game and you could see a quarterback and say, this guy is never going to be a franchise quarterback. He doesn't have it. With Jalen Hurts, he passes that eye test. He looks like a franchise quarterback. He acts like a franchise quarterback. He plays like a franchise quarterback. So at the end of the day, again, you're going to have some growing pains with him and Nick Sirianni. I can handle it as long as we see them improve and get better from these types of mistakes. And then finally, another positive I didn't like the reason he was in the game. We'll talk about that in a second with Brandon Brooks. But Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickinson, Landon Dickinson is the, the, the guard they just drafted out of Alabama. They got him in the second round because he was injured. He probably would have been a top 10 pick if he wasn't. It was great to see. He battled back from his ACL tear. He gets activated this week. Brandon Brooks grows, goes down. Landon Dickerson gets put in the game at guard. And ultimately, in watching the tape, played pretty well. You know, For his first NFL game ever, his first football action in a very long time after his injury, he played pretty well. 
Now, ultimately, I think the Eagles' plan is not to keep him at guard. I think he is going to be the guy who succeeds Jason Kelsey once he retires. He's going to slide over to center, but he did play pretty well. And then that brings us to the injuries, though. You know, we mentioned Brandon Brooks. He hurt his chest. You know, at the time I'm talking to you, they have not released yet exactly how long he's going to be out for. Brandon Brooks would be a big loss. But on the other side of the ball, Brandon Graham. You know, we all love Brandon Graham. He is a Super Bowl hero after that strip sack of Tom Brady in Super Bowl 52. But he's a leader on this defense. He really, really causes a lot of problems. He made his first Pro Bowl last year. It was exciting to have him back. And he tears his Achilles in this game. He is out for the year. And really, his Eagles career may be over. That is a very tough injury to come back from, especially at Brandon Graham's age. And you almost felt it in the stadium. Once he hobbled off the field and then gets carted back into the locker room, the energy changed. That defensive line, that entire defense, it almost was like the air got sucked out of them when Graham went off the field. But this is what I love about Brandon Graham. This is a leader. I'm going to read you his tweet last night. So this is a guy who just finds out that he is out for the season, that his NFL career may be over, And he tweets out, we still about to shock the world. I will just be leading from the sidelines this year, working to be great for 2022. Appreciate all the love. And now it is time for guys to step it up. You have to find the treasure in every situation. Just a great leader, a great person. We are very lucky that Brandon Graham has been an Eagle for so long. And Brandon, get well soon, buddy. So if the weekend couldn't get worse, though, for the Eagles... It did. Not only do they lose the game, the Cowboys win their game on a last-second 56-yard field goal from Greg Zerline, who's been struggling preseason and in week one. He hits a 56-yarder. They win the game. Washington football team won Thursday night against the Giants. So the NFC East didn't do us any favors. And then to make matters worse, Carson Wentz update. You know, we're tracking to see how many plays he plays because we want that Colts first-round draft pick. Surprise, surprise, Wentz is hurt. He rolls his ankle. He can't go back into the game. I'm sure we'll find out more today how long he's going to be out. But fingers crossed, we want him to play. We need Wentz to play at least 70% of the snaps. So that turns into a first-round pick. But I'm not sure that's going to happen with what we know about Carson Wentz and his injury history. But guys, no matter what happened this week, coming up, it's Cowboys Week, baby. And every Eagles fan knows Cowboys Week is a great week where Monday night football prime time in Dallas and what you'd love to see is after a performance like that that the Eagles bounce back does Jalen Hurts bounce back does Nick Sirianni bounce back does that defense come to the table and say you know what it's time for us to get some sacks because they had zero sacks against Jimmy Garoppolo we got to get some sacks we have to get some turnovers well my prediction is you're going to see the Eagles bounce back in a big way You're going to see Jalen Hurts step up to the table in a primetime Monday night football game and outplay Dak Prescott. The Eagles will win Monday night in Dallas. You heard it here. And if you're not following us yet, what are you waiting for? Legal hands to the face. We're on every podcast platform, Facebook, YouTube. Be sure to check us out because we're going to keep the content coming. Go Birds.